The mainstream media loves to shy away from the simple questions with hard answers that we all need to hear. I'm Byron York from The Byron York Show. Every day on the No Chit Chat Podcast, I bring you the reality of what's going on in our government and around the country. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Old routines die hard, like those multiple cups of coffee and sugary energy drinks to stay alert. Well, I discovered a healthier way to get the sustained energy I need without all the caffeine and sugar. Super Beats Heart Chews. I just unwrap a chew or two in the morning and let Super Beats Heart Chews do the rest. I feel great about what I'm doing for my health. Join me in the new way to start your day with Super Beats Heart Chews. I challenge you to try it for 30 days and give them your feedback. No more afternoon coffees, energy drinks, and candy for a quick pick-me-up. I've been taking Super Beats Heart Chews for years, and it's an easy and convenient on-the-go boost to your overall health and energy. Make Super Beats Chews an essential part of your busy day. To make it easy to get started, I got you up to 45% off plus free shipping at danasbeats.com. Hurry, it's their best offer available anywhere. That's danasbeats.com for up to 45% off. danasbeats.com. Well, Representative Crenshaw is absolutely wrong. First off, there was more than a year-long investigation, extraordinarily intrusive, into former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton at the time she was running for President of the United States. So I don't want to hear that this is some sort of one-sided Department of Justice or FBI who only investigates Republicans. That's nonsense. As to a statement that there's no indication that former President Trump had been asked, that's complete baloney. I really don't know if I'm going to take any lectures from an actual come-to-life elf on the shelf Peter Strzok. Isn't that what we said he looked like? I think that's what we ended up. I think it was evil elf on the shelf. Is how conclude. Well, any kind of elf on the shelf is weird to me. I don't like it. It's like it's a monster story. Why is that not a horror film? I'm waiting for that to happen. Welcome to the show. It is Tuesday. Happy Tuesday to you. Dana Lash here with you. That was Peter Strzok, who was attacking Republicans only, which I think was interesting for criticizing the FBI. And I just think that they could have gotten probably a a way better, you know, I'm just going to, you know, guess, I think they could have gotten a way better person to deliver that message than him. Because you all remember, I mean, Peter Strzok is the guy who was texting with, what's her face? That thirsty lady, yeah, Lisa Page, texting with her. And... They were talking about an insurance policy. You guys remember this whole story? It read like a Harlequin novel. Weren't they in love or something? Yeah, they had like an affair or something like that. Because wasn't he married? Or no, am I mistaken? That's a good question. I don't remember. I don't remember either. I think she might have been. But, I mean, I really don't care about their love lives. I was just, you know, bringing this up as, you know, to their character. That's my stupid Apple Watch. This thing is a communist. Siri, get bent. You stupid witch. So I just I'm not going to sit here and take lectures from a guy like Peter Strzok on this issue. I'm just not going to do it. And the I mean, it just is kind of just mind numbingly insane to me that he was there was no pushback when he was. I mean, even if I was on with someone that, you know, I, I if I if I was in their seat and I had their political beliefs, I probably just for the sake of having an interesting discussion would have pushed back a hell of a lot more than what didn't happen in that Q&A with Strzok. 
this is the, just the ongoing the ongoing argument. Can, have, can we successfully say that the whole um, if you believe in restructuring or making accountable or questioning the funding of or even wondering if it can be reorganized, the FBI, can we now say that that is nothing like defunding the police? Can we please put to rest the stupid narrative? Because it is a stupid narrative. So this was saying that the DOJ and FBI have lost credibility. Nay, they have not lost credibility, he said. He was very upset by this. Is he going to get a contributorship like Andy McCabe did? Or is he mad that he didn't get a contributorship? I just find that whole thing weird. These are the people that these networks are supposed to be questioning and asking. You know, you've been accused of abusing your authority can you, you know, talk a little bit about this? Like you've you've literally been accused of abusing your authority. Um, do you have any response to this? Is there anything you would like to add? Is there and they haven't? They, instead, they bring them on to bash Republicans, which is just so weird to me. The story should be these individuals involved in their impropriety, and CNN and MSNBC bring them on to make the story about Republicans. I mean, if you needed any more evidence, I said it once and I'll say it again and again. I once called the media rat bastards and they got so mad at me. And after Parkland, they got so mad at me and they, oh, can you believe Dana Lash said it? And I'm like, yeah, and I'll say it again because you are. You're not a free press. That's that's such a that's such a misnomer. You're not a free press in that you feel free to report on the facts as they lay or as they lie. You are beholden to your petty partisanship. And God forbid this, you know, truth get out that undermines your narrative. This is what we're dealing with right now. So the latest on this, I have a lot more. Speaking of the FBI, and here you have Peter Strzok memos now show. This is what this is how it's being reported. There are some analysts that are saying that this is straight up entrapment. The raid. There were some memos that were released, and it shows how involved the White House was in this raid. Now, the original piece comes from John Solomon. I've been on his program before. And he's reviewed these, reviewed some of the memos, etc., etc. It shows that at the time, then White House Deputy Counsel Jonathan Sue was engaged in conversations with the FBI, with the DOJ, and National Archives as early as April. And that's after they already had a bunch of boxes of classified and other materials that they had voluntarily returned from to the Federal Historical Agency from Mar-a-Lago. And so apparently in May, Sue was conveying to the archives that President Biden would not object to waiving his predecessor's claims to the to executive claims, a decision that opened the door for the DOJ to get a grand jury to issue a subpoena compelling Trump to turn over any remaining materials he possessed from his presidency. So they say that all of this is summarized in several memos and emails that have been exchanged between these agencies and this was in 20, this was in you know like May, April, May of this year. And so the FBI then, this was months before they took this step. 
So then they had on April 22nd, the White House's, the White House's, the White House Counsel's Office affirmed a request from the Department of Justice, supported by an FBI letterhead memorandum, formally transmitting a request that there be provided, the FBI given access to these 15 boxes for review, etc., within seven days, with the possibility that they might request copies of specific documents following the review of the boxes. So this is, this is what was written to one of Trump's defense attorneys. And then the letter revealed that Biden apparently empowered National Archives and the Records Administration to waive any claims to executive privilege that Trump might wage to block DOJ from gaining access to the documents. This apparently, this, this gives a lot of insight. This was kind of wild for the White House to very excitedly waive Trump's executive privilege and what that means for other future, you know, past presidents. You know what I mean? Like, like maybe Biden after he's out of the White House. What does that mean? Because it kind of sounds like you're retroactively changing something so as to accuse someone of a crime. That's what it sounds like, right? I mean, to me anyway, it sounds like you're retroactively doing this. This, I mean, this, a, lo- a lot of people are suggesting this could be entrapment. I mean, if the White House is working with the DOJ and National Archives to spur a criminal investigation on the claim that there was mishandled classified documents and to retroactively deny, you know, these executive privilege, that's pretty that's pretty unbelievable. And the White House means that they absolutely lied when they originally said that they had nothing to do with this. They were not behind it. They were not involved with the launching of this criminal probe, etc. It doesn't seem like that, does it? I mean, it doesn't seem like that now. This is, I mean, it was highly unusual. Him doing this was, I mean, it, it's highly unusual. This was back in February 22nd. Matt Margolis had headline, Joe Biden will rue the day he didn't assert executive privilege over Trump docs. There was a lawsuit, Trump's lawsuit, this was something, uh, it was up on, uh, it was Trump v. Thompson. Biden has refused to assert executive privilege over the numerous clearly privileged documents requested by the committee. They said the committee's request amounts to nothing, blah, blah, blah. So he was limiting what was going to be made, and this is all about the January 6th stuff. This is... For him to have done that at the time that he did, to only solely allow the January 6th committee access to certain documents at the height of their, you know, hoax hunt. I mean, am I, this sounds really sus, man. Kane, it sounds sus. Mm-hmm. Total sus. Uh, you think? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this, that's kind of what it appears yeah, and then the uh, the attorney-client privilege documents that were taken. I just, I, just, I don't know, and, and all of this, there were 300, what they're saying is that, and this comes by way of New York Times. The New York Times headline originally said Trump had more than 300, and this uh, ran yesterday evening. This was published at like 8 o'clock yes, last night. Trump had more than 300 classified documents at Mar-a-Lago. That's, that's the headline. They say the National Archives found more than 150 sensitive documents when it got, when it got a first batch of material from the former president in January, et cetera, et cetera. Now, 
The New York Times apparently had heard from sources. Sources. This is where it gets interesting because, as I've said before, this is this is the DOJ that is leaking. They keep saying that they're not going to release because you have the judge that is not going to uh, release a fully unredacted affidavit. The DOJ doesn't want a fully unredacted affidavit released, and you you can't sit here and say that and then you know on the on the other hand start litigating this in the press that's exactly what they're doing they keep leaking this this is all from these leaks are coming from the department of justice so the new york times heard from multiple quote-unquote sources came sources say that trump retained custody of over 300 classified documents when he left the white house and used that number in its headline that was the headline that they had i just read you the headline uh they said that the national archives though here's the thing that number, the, the National Archives had already gotten back like half of that. That was, you know, the 15 boxes of stuff that they had taken. That was what the National Archives had already, they already had that. So I'm, I'm a little confused here. Aren't you? Is that confusing? Why are they, they're acting like they didn't get it? Did they, are they claiming that they didn't receive this? I'm curious. Hmm. They said that uh, it, it, it doesn't. It just kind of gives you, I guess, sort of the size of the, of their, of what they're looking for. I don't know. I don't think they're looking for anything. I think, to me, honestly, it's Occam's razor. Politico reported this morning that notes in the trove include special access program materials, whatever. I don't know what that means. And they cover revelations that had been made public already. And so John Solomon had published this letter that the National Archives sent to Trump in May where they even confirmed that they already had 15 boxes. And they said there's a possibility the FBI might request copies of specific documents following the review, blah, blah, blah. And they said that, you know, these, they, they got into the Presidential Records Act, etc. And, it, I mean, everything seemed completely cordial. I think if there was a law that was violated, the Department of Justice would have eagerly already enforced it at this point. And, and I don't think anyone is saying that there, I don't, I, don't, I don't even think Trump is asserting that there's automatic declassification. Everything has to, I get that everything, we all know this, everything has to go through a process when something's declassified, even when you're president of the United States, just because you have executive privilege does not mean that you can, you know, bippity boppity boo, snap your fingers and it's already declassified. It has to go through a process. But the one thing that everybody's overlooking here is what if it did? Do they even know? No one even knows because they don't even know what's taken. So why the hell are all of these people, including some on the right, wringing their hands? Well, you can't automatically declassify. You don't even know. You have no clue what was taken. Why are you, why are you picking on that? Sometimes I hate our side. I really do. Can I just be honest? I get so many people are so like thirsty. I want to be influential, damn it. I'm going to start a podcast too. And everybody who so, so wants to be influential that they, everybody beats each other out of the door coming with the stupidest hot takes stop it guys let's be smart we're supposed to be the smart side ammo is expensive and in short supply did you know that you can train without ammunition at your home using the mantis x all the best shooters in the world do a significant portion of their training with dry fire practice at home the mantis x firearms training system is a no ammo all electronic way to practice and improve your shooting accuracy it simply attaches to your own firearm like a like a weapon light and you can use it at home or at the range the mantis x gives you data-driven real-time feedback on your technique and guides you through drills and courses 
those. 94% of shooters improve within 20 minutes using Mantis X. The Mantis X is used by the Marine Corps, Army, and Special Forces. It's military-grade technology at an affordable price. And the Mantis X can improve your shooting dramatically, and it's a must-have for every gun owner. If you believe in your Second Amendment rights, you should also be able to act on your Second Amendment responsibility and be competent and confident in your shooting ability. Start improving your shooting accuracy today. Get yours at MantisX.com. That's MantisX.com. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. The IG, Inspector General, for the Defense Department, released their long-awaited report on what the Biden administration left behind in Afghanistan. Guys, it's bad. It is a huge list of equipment, more than $7 billion that was gifted to the Taliban. That's, that's, that's our, our tax dollars. Just want to make that clear. It's our tax money. Huge list of equipment. The ground vehicle inventory alone, notes the Inspector General's deport, report, was about $4.12 billion. The U.S. military lost $923.3 million worth of military aircraft, $294.6 million in aircraft munitions, and the Taliban was instantly made one of the best-equipped militaries in the entire world. Thanks, Joe Biden. FJP. Anyway. Uh, D.C. is offering up to $200,000 in assistance to home buyers because nobody can afford the rent because of inflation. Beginning October 1st, the maximum down payment D.C. residents can receive through their home purchase assistance program is going to raise to $202,000. Huge increase from the $80,000 previously. They, You know what? If you want to talk about wealth gaps, D.C., let's talk about the gaps created by theft that is called taxation and how everybody's overtaxed. Uh, apparently, this is not a surprise. Celebrities are ignoring the water rules in California because their pools and gardens need water. Everybody, Sylvester Stallone even, the Kardashians, Dwayne Wade, Kevin Hart, they're all exceeding apparently what they're supposed to with watering gardens and pools. We got more in store. Don't go anywhere. As ransomware and other cyber attacks continue to sweep the nation, traditional antiviruses continue to fail as they cannot detect new malware and ransomware. And that's because they operate off a blacklist. And many of these antiviruses are made in the same foreign countries that the malware originates from. PCmatic is the only solution that is 100% made in America and uses proprietary whitelist technology to protect against all known and unknown cyber threats, including ransomware, malware, identity theft, and nation-state attacks. PCmatic protects homes and businesses of all sizes. PCmatic also makes your computers run faster by performing automated maintenance and system optimization. Protect your devices with an American-made cyber solution. PCmatic is just $50 for five devices for one entire year with a full 30-day money-back guarantee. Act now and receive $5 off your entire order of PCmatic protection by visiting PCmatic.com Dana. Again, to protect you and your family from ransomware, malware, and other cyber threats, visit PCmatic.com Dana. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app, weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Sure, I certainly would consider that, but you've got to remember, I believe oversight is a very important part of government structure, and I welcome it and can be productive. But what has happened up to now is more of a character assassination than it is oversight. So sure, I'd be happy to cooperate so long as we make it something that is a dignified oversight, which it should be. Oh, my gosh. I need to say a little serenity prayer right now. 
Oh, my heavens. Welcome back to the show. Dana Lash here with you. Happy Tuesday here at the bottom of our second hour, getting your week going right. That was, you all know who that is. That was uh, Hoggle from uh, Lab. No, wait. Is that a mean character assassination? That was Dr. Fauci. Kane, how cool was I to this dude in the beginning? I mean, we all were. We were willing to give right? what they represented, which was science, you know, the benefit of the doubt in, we love in, a, science. New, uh, in a new landscape like COVID. I'm, yeah, we, I mean, we are all about to science. We love it. It's great. I didn't have a problem with this guy until he was off doing photo shoots while people were dying alone behind hospital safety glass while their loved ones looked forlornly upon them. I didn't have a problem until then. I'm like, why is he going on doing all these photo shoots? Why is he answering these political questions when he should just stick to science? If he would have said from the get-go, you know what? That's a political question. I just want to stick to the science. I want to stick to what we know and what science has told us. I would have had so much respect for that dude. But absolute power corrupts, absolutely. You can't tell me that he was not attracted to all of the accolades that he got the moment that it seemed that people were going to pat him on the back and celebrate him. People love being loved. They love that feeling that other people love them and fawn over. They love it. It's addictive. They love it. And he's no exception. And he's, it's a weird, I mean, he should have known better. I mean, this is when, if you don't have experience with it, this is when integrity and character comes into play. Because he should have recognized, you know what, this is great that these people that, you know, a certain demographic of the United States is just eating up everything I say. But this is getting really political. And it's taking the focus off of my purpose, off of my mission, which is to make sure that people are as informed as possible. There were a lot of red flags that were raised, like when he came out of the gate. You guys remember the first time, legit the first time I ever saw him say anything. The first time I even heard of him. I didn't even know who he was. Hell, he gets our tax dollars. I didn't even know who he was. How bad is that? NIAID. The first time I heard him, he was talking about, no, you don't need a mask. That was the first soundbite I heard from him. We played it on air, Kane. We remember this clearly. Because that was at a time when people were already, I would, I would argue people with less uh, medical or uh, experience or less knowledge about virology than him were pushing these masks. And he's like, you don't need to wear masks. This is dumb. You don't need to wear masks, right? Let's not. And I'm like, okay, well, that seems reasonable, especially because a lot of the stuff that we heard at the time, you know, the virus, the particles, the microns. I watched this YouTube. I can't believe I watched a 48 minute, 49 second something YouTube. I never watch anything longer than like a minute. I have the attention span of a net. And I... I watched this whole thing where this, he was a total nerd in a, the best way possible. And he was explaining different micron particles, sort of blah, 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 how they measure them, how they studied them. And he, he was a virologist and he was also explaining masks and how this works and how this goes through this and this, you know, and it was just really informative. Um, his video went viral and, you know, so it made sense. And then all of a sudden he did this 180. Because he also said, yeah, it sounds like it could have been something sketchy coming out of Wuhan. He wasn't saying this to be political. He was just like, look, this is what I know at the time, and this is weird. And then it was, like I said, a total 180. 
And it seemed political. And the media was trying to bait him into this Trump v. Fauci thing. And I think for a while he resisted the bait. I do think he did for a while. But then he took it. And that's when it started all falling apart. He started going on these these shows. They were having him on as a pundit. They weren't having him on as a medical expert in a strictly newscast sense. He, he was on as a pundit. He he was on and then he would he would be on an opinion show. And it's fine if you're on an opinion show. But the questions that he received from these hosts were political questions. And they were every time he was on, they were asking him, do you disagree with Trump on this or that or whatever? And therefore, there were a couple of interviews where he, he kind of talked around it and then he just started doing it. And then he got wildly popular. And the left thought, oh, this is great. This guy's going to take Trump to task. And I'm like, on what? Like what? You don't, you know less than all these people. What, what do you think he's going to get taken to task over? They didn't care. Just as long as someone took him to task over something, they just hated him because he's a Republican and he won. No, Fauci really burned through the goodwill of people. So for him to come out and give this soundbite, well, what the Republicans are doing is character assassination. I don't think asking what you knew about tax dollars going towards the, subsidi- the subsidizing of the gain-of-function research and your refusal to give a straight answer on that, that's not a character assassination. That's we want to know we want to know more of what you're not telling us because what he does not, what he's not transparent about people are going to form opinions on. They are going to discover their own facts as a substitute for what he refuses to give in terms of transparency. That's not their fault. That's his. He's a member of government. He gets a lot of tax dollars. He's going to get a six figure golden parachute. So yes, we absolutely have every right to ask a question. And you want to talk about character assassination. I have to say, I don't think, you know, that's like, I guess, as opposed to actual assassination of the elderly in nursing homes, actual assassination of time that family could spend together, assassination of weddings and and families coming together to celebrate a couple's union, the assassination of being able to die with dignity instead of all alone by yourself with strangers caring for you, the, the assassination of our children's educational opportunities and their academic success and their progress. I could go on and on. You're no stranger to any of this. If you want to have a discussion as to what is actually being assassinated How about the assassination of Americans' faith in these institutions that we give our tax dollars to and they act as though they they are representatives of us to act in our name without the invested vote? If you want to have a discussion about assassination. Or what about the assassination of the people who had natural immunity? What about their characters? The assassination of the characters of those who had natural immunity. They were called murderers. What about people who didn't have natural immunity? Who wanted to see if the left was really as serious as they claimed to be about my body, my choice. And they said, no, I really just, I built my, I'm healthy and this seems less dangerous than the flu. And I'm going to make an informed decision about my own health. They were called murderers. The president of the United States 
smeared and impugned the character of half a nation by saying it was a pandemic of the unvaccinated. If you want to have a discussion about characters being assassinated. Let's talk about that. But go on, though. Asinine. He is a giant man-child. He is protective of his legacy. He's more protective of his reputation. And he doesn't realize because of ego that he created this mess because he allowed himself to become politicized. He allowed the response of his agency to become politicized. He allowed the topic of this pandemic and how we respond to it and the way it affects our health to become politicized. He is supposed to be a non partisan player he is like an npc in a video game he is not supposed to do anything else but that programming no one cares what he thinks about what this administration is doing on this policy or not he is not a government policy spokesperson pundit analyst he had one job And he created this mess. And partly because of Dr. Fauci, Americans had nowhere to go to get real information. A guy who did a 180 on wearing masks and then turned around and basically said that it was, you know, it was behavioral control. They didn't want to run on them for nurses and first responders. We've played that audio on the show. This is a guy who worked right with Dr. Burks, who just a couple of months ago um, told the world that, yes, we knew that the injections weren't actually transferring an immunity or provoking an immunity like response. We knew that all along. So they lied. How are you? How are you and the people with whom you work freely admitting that you lied to the American public for two years and then you have the audacity to go on CNN in a political discussion and, and play victim? Your character was assassinated when you lied to everybody? He's the aggressor. He's patient zero. And because of the way he handled this, because he refused to be the gatekeeper, he refused to say that this politicization of science and health stops with me. It's too important. He didn't do that. Instead, he took the magazine covers and he took the book deal. And no doubt he took a cushy private sector job. And he's going to go crying as big old Scrooge McDuck pile of money. But he's the victim. He's the real victim. The victim isn't a friend of mine, a young woman who had to watch the one parent, the one surviving parent that she had left, literally die in a hospital bed alone, watching through two panes of hospital glass as people who were approved to attend to him attended to him. She couldn't go to the funeral because the presence of her brother and the sibling of the father were too many. Couldn't violate protocol, you see. Or 
maybe it's the stories of the kids I read about who had issues with a four-year-old who was who was marched out of school just this just this week because he couldn't keep a mask on his face. Those are the real victims. The people who lost friendships and family relationships because he allowed this to get politicized and people cast lots. Those are the real victims. All the people who thought that they were doing the good thing and listening to the good doctor and they just wanted to help. And then maybe they got hurt because of adverse reactions or worse. Those are the real victims, not him. And I just find it abhorrent that he's going on this, I'm a victim crusade. And he's doing his final goodbyes on cable news. Although I doubt that this is the last we're going to see of him. And I doubt very sincerely that there's ever going to be any accountability here. Because that's how it always works, right? Because he's the real victim. Sickening. If you're like me, you're growing more and more concerned about the future. Inflation is at its highest level in 40 years. Interest rates are skyrocketing, and market experts not only predict a recession, but they're using terms like, quote, economic hurricane and unprecedented. So if you want to protect your future, do what I did. Call the only precious metal dealers that I trust American Hartford Gold. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your savings and retirement accounts by diversifying your portfolio with physical gold and silver. So get started with just one short phone call and they'll have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or inside your IRA or 401k. They're the highest rated firm in the country with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied clients. Call right now and you'll receive up to $1,500 of free silver on your first qualifying order. Don't wait. Call 866-887-1188. That's 866-887-1188 or text Dana to 998899. Protect your future with American Hartford Gold. 866-887-1188 or text Dana to 998899. Of all your favorite talk hosts, one of these is not like the others. The Dana Show. Make sure you subscribe to that newsletter over at Substack, Chapter, and Verse. And find us on Facebook, Official Dana Lash. YouTube as well. Like and subscribe. I found... I think what is perhaps the best show that you can watch anywhere right now. Now, if you are like me, I hardly watch regular programming because I cannot stand dealing with wokery. And I am just, ugh, I'm just, I'm just tired of the shock of uh, cheap sex everywhere. It's just, it's just at this point, it's just trash. Everything is trash. And I, I don't want to have to worry about younger people in the same room I am with whatever I'm watching. Right? I just, this is the way I am. And so, you guys know that during lockdown, I got, don't, don't immediately roll your eyes. It's because it's so different from all of what I'm about to say. So shush, just wait for it. So over lockdown, I got really into anime. Because anime comes from a relatively, I mean, if you think about, you know, where manga's from, Japan is a relatively conservative culture. I mean, very conservative in some ways similar to American conservative and in some ways very different, but a conservative culture nonetheless. 
And so you don't have the wokery. It's a, you know, a lot of the stories focus on, I mean, mainly it's about, it's about honor and good versus evil and family and work ethic and, um, you know, service. And the stories are fantastic. And so in this vein, if you've ever watched Samurai Jack, it's a good series. I didn't get as into Samurai Jack, although I think the art is interesting. But the guy behind it, he's like this Emmy-winning storyboard artist. He's actually worked on uh, Hotel Transylvania. He's done, I think he's worked um, on a number, he's done storyboards for a number of things. His name's Gendy Tartakovsky. And he and his family, when he was a little bitty, he came over, they were escaping communism. And they left Russia for the United States. And so this, he's created this amazing animated series called Primal. And it's based, it's very anachronistic, but it's based on, you know, essentially, uh, it's set in the uh, prehistoric age around a caveman and a Tyrannosaurus. And it is about the circle of life and how they have to survive and the things that they come across. There's no dialogue. The score is fantastic. The art is fantastic. There is not a second, a scene, anything that is wasted. Every single blink of this show is designed and dedicated to propelling the plot forward. The stories are so wonderfully developed. The characters are so wonderfully written. There is nothing on television that can compete with us, save for the whole family. He does kick a lot of butt in it. There's a lot of fighting. But it's actually, and it's sad and, and cathartic and hysterical all at the same time. It's called Primal, and it's online. Uh, it uh, was created for Adult Swim, but you can you can stream it. I think it's on Paramount or Amazon. Stay tuned. Second hour on the way. As ransomware and other cyber attacks continue to sweep the nation, traditional antiviruses continue to fail as they cannot detect new malware and ransomware. And that's because they operate off a blacklist. And many of these antiviruses are made in the same foreign countries that the malware originates from. PCmatic is the only solution that is 100% made in America and uses proprietary whitelist technology to protect against all known and unknown cyber threats, including ransomware, malware, identity theft, and nation-state attacks. PCmatic protects homes and businesses of all sizes. PCmatic also makes your computers run faster by performing automated maintenance and system optimization. Protect your devices with an American-made cyber solution. PCmatic is just $50 for five devices for one entire year with a full 30-day money-back guarantee. Act now and receive $5 off your entire order of PCmatic protection by visiting PCmatic.com Dana. Again, to protect you and your family from ransomware, malware, and other cyber threats, visit PCmatic.com Dana. But a new CNBC poll finds that many worry that canceling student debt could have some unintended consequences. A majority of Americans, 59 percent, are concerned loan forgiveness will make inflation worse. That's according to a new survey by CNBC and Momentum. The concern is that borrowers would have more money to spend, mm. driving up demand, driving up inflation. Mm. True story. That's from CNBC because the president, it was announced today, is expected, I think on Wednesday, to make an announcement as to where, what they're going to do on student loan debt forgiveness, whatever that is. Welcome back to the show. Second hour of the program. Dana Lash here with you this Tuesday afternoon as we get your week rolling. So what we've talked, we mentioned it a little bit. Yesterday, we were kind of waiting to see whether or not the White House, what the White House was going to do. They have a deadline by the end of this month. And now it looks as though they are leaning. This is CNN. I know, but it is. (laughs) 
They're reporting that White House officials are leaning towards a plan that would tie student loan debt cancellation to the $125,000 income threshold, as well as considering the possibility of additional forgiveness for specific subsets of the population. Hmm. Yeah, it is. No, not good. Uh, That's what they're that's what it looks like, though. They said that it's not just, you know, also Bloomberg, a couple of other. They said that some low income borrowers, for instance, who receive Pell Grants could get a higher amount of debt forgiveness. Uh, A new analysis, they said the Penn Wharton budget model, they estimated that forgiving student loan debt for this income demo could cost between three hundred and nine hundred and eighty billion dollars over 10 years. And the majority of the relief from the Penn Wharton budget model notes that the majority of said relief is actually going to go towards the top, the 13% of Americans that have student loan debt, they're in the top 60% of earners. So you're making everyone else, including blue collar workers, you're forcing them to be co-signers on your debt that you voluntarily chose to get into. So, even, believe it or not, Larry Summers, who was under Obama, said that this was, he said that it's going to raise inflation. Of course it's going to raise inflation. The CBO has said this. Penn Wharton has said this. Everyone has said it's going to raise inflation because it's going to. They're still working out some of the final details, but, they, but apparently tomorrow is when this is all going to come out. Is when they're going to make the official announcement. They said out of the, outside the baseline forgiveness of 10000 per borrower, Meeting a specific income threshold, sources said that the administration is also weighing the possibility of additional forgiveness. They have, I don't have any details on that, though. They haven't included that. I mean, the analysis from Penn Wharton is that 69 to 73 percent of student debt forgiveness actually goes towards the households, households in the top 60 percent of the U.S. In, with U.S. income. I, I know. This is sort of. Uh, this is some the absolute opposite of kind of the, the the working man sort of you're forcing you're creating kind of an American nobility because you're forcing blue collar workers to subsidize the ridiculous exorbitant college education of the people who are in the upper classes. That's exactly what this is. People who decided that they were going to take out debts that they had no intention of actually satisfying. And yet everyone else, this is supposed to, that's, that doesn't sound like a move of a party that is of the common man. And of course there's going to be a, a backlash to this. So apparently that's what they're looking to announce tomorrow. I, I, and I'm, I, I'm amazed at this. So this is, depending on what he announces, I mean, you're looking at billions any sort of let's just pre let's just for one second entertain the idea that the inflation bill that he had signed is actually going to reduce inflation. It's actually going to set it back. How many years did they say? Six to nine years, I think, is what it was. So really, it's it's just a giant giveaway. And there's everybody knows you don't cancel loans. I mean, what? How do people think that this? What do they think? What do they think happens? You don't just cancel loans. Someone's got to get paid, right? It, they're absorbed by the taxpayer. All of that tuition is just absorbed by everybody else. You know, the guy who decides that he's going to take his God-given gifts 
and he's going to go to trade school and he's going to hone his skill and he's going to do an apprenticeship and then he's going to go and whether he works as you know a welder or steel or whatever he's going to have to they're you're going to force this guy to pay for the college tuition of someone who didn't make smart choices like he did and decided to go and get themselves in a ton of debt and then one of their first acts as an adult was to accrue a ton of debt for probably a humanities degree and then they don't want to fulfill the terms of that debt and so the response is to make everyone else absorb it those are their first actions as an adult and you realize too one of the other things that they were flirting with as part of their plan was to completely clean the slate so they none of this stuff would stay on their financial any kind of permanent records for these people they would be able to go and probably get themselves into more debt in the future wow i mean it's out of all of the most irresponsible things um this is the prevalence of this and they said that white house staffers do you know white house staffers currently in the administration have about 4.7 million dollars in loans how is that our fault i mean i i don't I, I and so you would have Biden actually lifting the loan. How does that how is that legal? If Biden lifts the loan obligations of his own staffers, that doesn't seem as though that's actually legal. I know there are some who say it's actually a violation of 18 USC 208, but no, this would be unprecedented. It's so far it's been in place for 30 months. But I I I mean uh, and the Department of Education already miscalculated the student loan spending, according to one watchdog. There was an analysis also from the Committee for Responsible Federal Budget that found cancellation is going to boost inflation by over half a point. <laughs> That's <sighs> the federalization of student loans skyrocketed the tuition, the cost of tuition. In 2017, there was a study that was conducted, it's got NewYorkFed.org, by the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. They found that subsidized loans contributed to a what they called a pass-through effect on tuition. It was about 60 cents on the dollar, with the effect more pronounced at private colleges. So is every does this also, too, mean every single president is going to have to face the question of, are you going to cancel student debt? Is this going to be something that comes up with every single person who is elected to the executive office i mean it's um i i don't know some of the individuals that protest this i just i i don't think that they understand exactly how this they all say oh no you're canceling the loans i i think this is rewarding bad behavior I do. I, and there's, I, I, I don't, um, it's not a responsible thing. Nobody, times are not any, I completely reject that argument. Time is, times are not any different now than they were when I was in college. I didn't take out crazy loans. I, and I, and I, we still, I don't pay for it unless I got the cash to do it. People need to, to work hard and not think that there's going to be the, the safety net from Uncle Sam every single time. That's the thrill of freedom. Gosh. So this is something you can expect on Wednesday. And as Kane noted, let me pull this up. How, many, how often are we seeing this now? So now apparently we're going to, again, send another $3 billion arms package to Ukraine so tomorrow. That's up over 60, 65 billion? 
Why? I mean, seriously, at this point, why? I'm, and and how are we going to? I mean, are they are they tracking this? Are they able to say yes, they're receiving this this these funds, and etc. I'm just, I don't know. It's this is. Hmm. Uh, Joe Biden is still on vacation. He hasn't done an on-air press briefing since February. New York Post has a piece out that says he has taken, He's this is his two-week, he had a two-week break. Before then, he was out for two weeks. So he's been out a month. COVID. Mm-hmm. His vacation time has already outstripped Trump, Obama, and Bush. Mm-hmm. He has spent more time away from the White House than his any other modern president at this point in their term. Just saying, he's not around. Nobody knows. It's just wild. Now, in the meantime, over the weekend, the Epic Times had this story in New York City. Because you know how they were complaining? They said that they needed federal funds and they needed all of this intervention. Uh, Muriel Bowser in D.C. was asking for help and the Pentagon told her no. I like, no, you don't get no help. New York has been giving free food and phones to people who have entered through the southern border. Uh, illegally, and they're preparing to enroll students. Over a thousand students who entered the country illegally, uh, they're going to, they, I mean, they got to enroll them in school. New York City Health and Hospital, their hospital system, they had an event just the other day in the Bronx to give out phones, school supplies, food, library cards, etc. The New York Post reported that a number of people who uh, attended the event had come from the southern border, different parts of this. Not everybody from Texas. Some are because other governors like uh, you have Ducey and others that are that are doing the same thing now. Uh, they said that they uh, like, for instance, one uh, group of uh, a family that had entered illegally said they left Texas five days ago and uh, their kids are getting enrolled in school. They got they have phones and all this stuff now. I'm just you know what I don't see either? Like, I I don't see, first off, I I feel the little kids that I see that have been drugged through this, it breaks my heart. Uh, but I don't see Democrats actually putting the action in. All of these people, because I've been at the border and I've been to these facilities, I've seen all of this stuff. There's all, with all the talk these people have, what they do is they go down and they take photos of themselves outside of these centers. Not a single damn one of them have done anything to actually... Uh, you know, work on, do you want to become uh, uh, an American citizen? Let's vet you. Let's go through this process and see, are we going to, do we, have we compared this to the resources that we have available? You know, all of this. None, none of these people have done this. Has AOC ever donated a single damn dime to any of these centers? No, not a single one. And they act like, oh, it's so, look at, it's such a humanitarian crisis. Every single person who's asked, they always tell the press, well, we know that the administration isn't enforcing border law. We know that the there's opportunities here. Uh, so we just came on over, uh, just decided to come to the United States. They're attracted by the policies that this administration has. And that is made for an insane, I mean, we don't really have a southern border at this point. And then they want to act like the humanitarian crisis isn't because of their haphazard border policy. It's because of Greg Abbott sending a couple of buses to New York. They had no objections when Joe Biden was flying them overnight on planes. It's just ridiculous. 
Old routines die hard, like those multiple cups of coffee and sugary energy drinks to stay alert. Well, I discovered a healthier way to get the sustained energy I need without all the caffeine and sugar. Super Beats Heart Chews. I just unwrap a chew or two in the morning and let Super Beats Heart Chews do the rest. I feel great about what I'm doing for my health. Join me in the new way to start your day with Super Beats Heart Chews. I challenge you to try it for 30 days and give them your feedback. No more afternoon coffees, energy drinks, and candy for a quick pick-me-up. I've been taking Super Beats Heart Chews for years, and it's an easy and convenient on-the-go boost to your overall health and energy. Make Super Beats Chews an essential part of your busy day. To make it easy to get started, I got you up to 45% off plus free shipping at danasbeats.com. Hurry, it's their best offer available anywhere. That's danasbeats.com for up to 45% off. danasbeats.com. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick 5, brought to you by Caltech. So Paul Pelosi has pled guilty to one count of DUI. He was sentenced to three years probation, five days jail time, getting credit for time served. No additional jail time was given, and he got a fine of just $150. This was after his May 28th accident in Napa, California wine country, where he decided to run through a stop sign right into a Jeep, totaled his car. Now, Kane is freaking out right now because it said he got one kind of DUI causing injury and another of driving with a 0.08% blood alcohol level or higher. The court documents said that his his when he, his blood alcohol content was 0.82%. How is that even possible? Oh my gosh. Well, how is 80, that possible? 80% of his blood is alcohol? There's no... Okay, we got to come back to this. I mean, I see Wait. Nancy, so it's believable, but... Yeah, I so bookmark this because, dude, I... Because you know he wasn't going to be serving no jail time. Uh, let's see here. The scientists are linking common a common weed killer to convulsions in animals. One of the world's most commonly used weed killer. They said that exposure to glyphosate... Glyphosate... An active ingredient in Roundup increased the seizure-like behavior in soil-dwelling roundworms and other other animals. Fun fact, the uh, person that Michael Bloomberg hired to run Mom's Demand was actually hired. Uh, she was defending uh, Roundup and Monsanto. Yeah, it was not grassroots. There's receipts. Uh, also, additionally, a Galileo manuscript hailed as a treasure, really highly valued, was dubbed a forgery. A 1930s forgery. They believed it was from the Renaissance, astronomer Galileo Galilei, in the 17th century. Now they think, oh, no, it's a forgery. It's from the 30s. It's according to University of Michigan. They did this big old thing. They looked at the document. And they said, nope, it's a 20th century forgery. Wow. And a dead body on a beach turned out to be an intimate times doll. People were horrified. It was in Thailand, but it turned out to be not an actual person. Still nasty. Stay with us. Never run out of coffee by joining the club with Black Rifle Coffee Company. Black Rifle Coffee Company was built upon the mission to serve coffee and culture to people who love America. As a veteran-owned company, Black Rifle Coffee Company delivers on that promise by developing explosive roast profiles with the same mission focus learned as members of the military, and they're committed to supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders. When you join the coffee club, you select your perfect roast, how much coffee you want, and how often you want it delivered, and it's all shipped right to your 
door for free. Not only do you save a trip to the store, but you also receive special discounted pricing. You gain access to exclusive products and partner brand discounts. Not sure what roast is best for you? Take the Black Rifle Coffee Quiz and get matched to the perfect coffee roast and then join the club. Visit BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana to save 20% off your purchase in your first coffee club order. That's 20% off with promo code Dana at BlackRifleCoffee.com slash Dana. Fuel your life with America's coffee. Black Rifle Coffee. Your one-stop shop for the information you need to fight back. If you're going to have to learn stuff, you might as well enjoy it. The Dana Show. I just am very disturbed by the intense divisiveness in our country. And if ever there was a situation where we wanted everyone to pull together and recognize we're dealing with common enemies, which are these pathogens that cause outbreaks and have already, for example, with COVID killed one million Americans. That is not time to have political ideation. Well, what do you do? Be separating do do us in a, what should be a common effort to end this. And that's not the case. He acts like Colonel Sanders putting chickens in the fryer going, ha, now we can't be doing this to these hell chickens now. Welcome back to the show. Dana Lash here. I grew up on Foghorn Leghorn, so. Good to be with you this Tuesday afternoon, guys. I just, I needed to come back to that because, I mean, what do you think that you did, dude? Bro, what'd you do? You did it. You were part of it. He was part of it. He was part of doing all of this. I mean, case in point, audio sound by 12. Listen to this. It was easy to criticize, but they're really criticizing science. You're really attacking not only Dr. Anthony Fauci, you're attacking science. I'm the bad guy to an entire subset of people because I represent something that is uncomfortable for them. It's called the truth. Oh, for the love. Because he's science, guys. Why the divisiveness? <laughs> but why, is he, why are you so divisive? I mean, you know, why are you so divisive? Because I'm science. Science says stop being divisive. How did we get in this position? Right there. All right, a couple of quick things. So Kane and I were still whiskey tango foxtrotting over this Paul Pelosi story because it came out today. He got one count, DUI, et cetera, et cetera, blah, 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 $150 fine. Basically a wrist slap, right? And so one press outlet said that he had 0.82% blood alcohol content. And Kane and I are like, he's, how is he alive? How is that even, how is he living? There were two who said he did, one who said 0.08. So I went and I got the actual thing from Napa County District Attorney. And they said, it's still a little weird. They said that he, uh, ultimately, the blood sample taken from him at 12.32 a.m. and sent to California Department of Justice for testing had a 0.82% blood alcohol content decimal points are important as are commas basic journalism 101 kane and i are like how is he that means he's made of alcohol he's literally made of liquor and we we could distill his blood and get a couple people drunk (laughs) he could probably just like he's probably he would be emitting fumes at that point oh my gosh but man what a world right you can just like run through a stop sign drunk as a skunk He's still pretty drunk. Run through a stop sign, hit a, hit somebody's car, total it, you know. Or you can be like a, a Robert O'Rourke, the uh, Hispanic appropriating Irishman from El Paso who did the same thing. He had a hit and run drunk driving accident. Daddy was a judge, though, so daddy can get charges to go away. Must be nice. 
And here you can see that. So he was taken in at 10.17 p.m. Mm-hmm. and wasn't tested till after 12.30 a.m. So more than two hours after the accident, he was tested for blood alcohol. And he was still blowing higher than the legal limit. So he, okay, so I realize that so much of what that is, correct me if I'm wrong, is based on your body's metabolism and how quickly it would burn yeah, through, Yeah, and how right? big you are as a person. Yeah, exactly. So his had to be had been a lot higher. What do you think, if you had to estimate, what would you have estimated? So they, wh- wait, first off, let me, before, let me ask you that second. Why did they wait two hours uh, after the accident to, to do a breathalyzer? I'm going to say because of his last name, but what do you, you think? They waited two hours. Let's get you some fluids, Mr. Pelosi. Hurry up. Right. Let's wash, get this out of your system. I'm kind of thinking that's how it went. Really? I, mean, I have no proof of that, but I mean, I don't know of anybody waiting two hours to test somebody for a DUI. Right? The cops want the evidence and they want it right away. It's weird. It's super weird. So the second thing is, what do you think it was? Originally? I want to say it's probably closer to 0.15. <sighs> Dang. But the 0.82 report, that was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way. Not possible. <laughs> Your face was like, this is magic. <laughs> He's made of liquor. But he gets he just gets a wrist slap. Uh, is I just can't imagine. Really? You just get a wrist slap? If you don't claim a taco on your you know, your damn forms, send it in the IRS, they're gonna come audit you. Yeah. But <laughs> but he can do this? What? Yeah, hundred fifty dollar fine. He's only worth one hundred fifty billion, probably. So you know, what's that? That's a hundred fifty dollar fine. Gosh, the the privilege on display, that Pelosi privilege, that PP. That's what that is. Golly. Now, to this, the uh, I know I I have more I could could say here on this, but you know, I wanted to get into some of these other things uh, before I just completely blow past them. We all, I have two things I'm going to get into. This FBI story, and then I got to hit this Yelp thing. In the next hour, we'll talk about the whistleblowers coming from Twitter. And I think you should be suspicious, as always. Because remember, the last whistleblower I was not really a whistleblower. It seemed to be organized, remember, with Facebook. So this story, uh, Reason actually had this piece. The FBI was apparently trying to hide a raid on American safe deposit boxes. We're, this is this is interesting. So the story goes, and this was back in uh, this is back in March of la- this is March of last year. And federal prosecutors were working to keep this raid, this planning and execution of this March 2021 raid on at U.S. private vaults. Out of the public sight. The story goes that the FBI raided this private business. They wanted to seize these safe deposit boxes and assets belonging to people who were not suspected of actually having committed any crimes. And so they were trying to keep the public in the dark about why this forfeiture effort was undertaken in the first place. They said four depositions are crucial to understanding the motivations and intentions behind the FBI's March 2021 raid of U.S. private vaults. It's a Beverly Hills-based safe deposit box storage business. It's being kept confidential due to the, at the request of the federal prosecutors. 
attorneys representing some victims of the raid say that the depositions could contain important information about how and why the FBI decided to seize and catalog the private belongings of U.S. private vault customers. They asked a federal judge handling the case to allow transcripts of the depositions, including one interview with Lynn Zellhart, the FBI's lead agent in the case, to be filed in in their entirety. The judge... Well, unless Judge Jerry Klausner, reason noted, allows the depositions to be made public, the attorneys, etc., they were going to have have to heavily redact the filings. How they there? There's, I, I I'm not quite sure what the constitutional authority they had to do this. I, I mean, because apparently. The warrant that authorized the raid apparently forbid it for the FBI was like prohibited from actually seizing the not just the boxes, but the contents of the boxes. They said that agents did it anyway, though, and they opened them, rifled their their contents. They said it was, oh, we were cataloging items, but they said it was a fishing expedition in search of additional criminality. It does sound familiar, doesn't it? Robert Johnson is an attorney at the Institute for Justice who was representing some of the U.S. private vault customers. And he was saying it just it flips the public's right of access on its head. And I believe Reason filed a brief in this. It's weird. This they, they were the FBI had built a case against the owners of U.S. private vaults. Apparently, the owners were charged with several crimes, according to the Daily Beast. They were saying, oh, they're shady, etc. But the people who had boxes there were not suspected of any wrongdoing. And so much was so heavily redacted when it was released. I mean, there's a lot of Fourth Amendment questions that come into play. And then apparently there was a subsequent follow-up. Eric Boehm wrote this. FBI misled the judge in obtaining the warrant to seize hundreds of safe deposit boxes. Huh. Huh. We've also heard that before, haven't we? FISA court? My whole point in bringing this up is you have every right to question your FBI. It is your FBI. It's our FBI. Especially as more information comes out about this. Like for, for John Solomon over at Just the News had memos, we were talking about this our first hour, that the White House, in spite of what they said to the public, actually did work with the Justice Department and National Archives to get this investigation going. I mean, it does, uh, analysts are saying it looks like entrapment. It's just weird. Waving executive privilege over the documents, like retroactive, it just seems weird. Why? What is the point of this? Because they want to get him for something. They want to get him. Are they still like thinking that he's going to run? Are they still? It's just. <sighs> there are. You, do you realize that there exists? If it's a story over information for the archives, do you realize that there are presidents who are no longer living whose presidential libraries still have not turned over a number of things to the National Archives? I mean, apparently, Trump was not even allowed to be out of office for a full year before they decided to go after him. And he had already been working with them and he already gave a whole bunch of boxes and was totally fine with working with them. This sounds so politically motivated. It's never about, it's not about the documents, it's Kane. It never was. It never was about these documents, ever. Never was. So the, I, I, I don't know. If they're, I mean, are they really going to, I, I, 
I just don't see what they're going to try to to get him on. It doesn't. It's the, it just brings up more questions. Politico actually wrote, and this was a piece this morning that they wrote. They said that documents recovered at Mar-a-Lago were among the governments were among governments most classified. But what they noted. Literally, they debunked themselves right in their piece. They said that it was already actually the special access program materials were already made public, had already been made public. So it actually so if it's already public anymore, if it's already public, it's not exactly classified, is it? Huh? It's not. Now, another thing as we I want to share this story with you. Axios has a piece about Yelp. Everybody knows Yelp, right? Do you use Yelp regularly? No, no. I don't really use it either. Especially, I, I think the last time I went and looked at it was when South Park was making fun of it. Yelp is flagging listings for crisis pregnancy centers. It is a tech company response in a post-row world. And so what they're doing is they're adding a prominent consumer notice to any listing of any crisis pregnancy center so that they can be clearly distinguished from clinics that provide abortion services. They said it starts today. And they're going to note that the crisis pregnancy centers have limited medical services because they consider uh, abortion as birth control to be a limited medical service. By the way, someone who has, like if there's a serious medical issue, especially if a woman's pregnant, she's going to be going to her doctor in her hospital. She's not going to be going to damn Planned Parenthood clinic. Come on. When they sit here and say, oh, the life of the mother. That seems weird. It seems like they're trying to, they're, well, they are. They're singling out uh, crisis pregnancy centers and trying to stigmatize them. That's the whole point. I mean, I guess they want pregnant women in need to suffer. I don't know how else she would, you know, how else she would interpret this. That's just sad. I mean, this again shows it's not actually about women either. Not about women. The Alphabet Workers Union said last week they want listings for crisis pregnancy centers actually removed from Google. That's it's no joke. There are, I mean, there are others... You know, these these centers have been have been firebombed. Notice that there's been no move from the DOJ to investigate actual acts of terrorism. They sit here and they go, oh, how dare you say mean words to the FBI? They're getting terrorist threats. Okay, where are they? Meanwhile, crisis pregnancy centers are actually getting firebombed. Actual terrorism. Where are you at? With the recent rulings from the Supreme Court, it's worth mentioning that these wins didn't happen on their own. It took the support of companies like Patriot Mobile, who have passionately fought on behalf of the unborn and your constitutional rights. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative mobile phone provider, and they've been on the front lines fighting for your values. This is why Patriot Mobile is different from every other provider out there. Inflation has made it really hard on many Americans, and thankfully, Patriot Mobile has plans for almost any budget, and they offer the same nationwide coverage as 
as all the major carriers. So you get the same great service, plus the knowledge that your money is going to a company fighting for the sanctity of life, religious freedom, and the Second Amendment. Visit PatriotMobile.com slash Dana or call 972-PATRIOT. Use offer code Dana to get free activation. If you're a veteran or first responder, please let them know because they have special discounts just for you. Come join the movement and make the switch. PatriotMobile.com slash Dana. PatriotMobile.com slash Dana or call 972-PATRIOT. It's his life mission to make bad decisions. It's time for Florida Man. Well, where do we, where do we start? Let's, uh, first and foremost, this is a Florida man who tried hiding a half pound of meth under a cop car. He, it was during a traffic stop. It was 49-year-old Lee Sandberg. Body cam video worn by the responding deputy shows that she needed, she, video had told Sandberg she needed to get her written warning from another deputy who was patting down the boyfriend, 49-year-old John Schneider. Not the same guy I think who was in Dukes of Hazard. Uh, when he was being patted down, Schneider was spotted dropping a bag under the deputy's patrol vehicle and immediately deputies handcuffed him. One of the deputies said, he just dropped a bag that looks like dope. Oh, man. The girlfriend's, the girlfriend responded, the man's girlfriend. Detective said Schneider dropped a half pound of meth that he bought outside of Lucia County. He was suspected of taking it home in Orange City where he's going to sell it. Such sheriff's office. So he kept going. She, while Sandberg was handcuffed, too. And she kept going, that meth isn't mine. And then Schneider said the meth wasn't his either. And the deputy said, I mean, you know, whatever, you might as well try to lie. They found another gram in Schneider's right sock. So he got charged with trafficking meth, tampering with evidence, resisting without violence. Sandberg was charged with conspiracy to traffic in meth. Just like they saw you drop it. Like, why are you going to be lying about it? A Florida man is accused of attacking his mom when she wouldn't dress as mannequin. Uh, Boynton Beach, 40-year-old South Florida man is accusing attacking his mother. She wouldn't. Mikkel Danker was arrested Charged with aggravated battery and a victim over 65 years old and uh, domestic battery by strangulation. He, the victim said she was in the backyard of her home and Danker asked her to dress his mannequin. When she refused, he blocked the path to the house and then the beatdown started. Danker grabbed his mannequin, followed his mom inside. He and the mannequin both apparently were like pushing on her. Like he was like shoving her and stuff while he had the mannequin. Um, oh, and then uh, he took her dumplings and threw them on the floor too. That's a big bad no-no. She was taken to a hospital. She required stitches, and he's in jail. Weird, man. Stay with us. We got more in store. The mainstream media shies away from the simple questions with hard answers that we all need to hear. I'm Byron York from The Byron York Show. Every day on the No Chit Chat podcast, I bring you the reality of what's going on in our government and around the country with no extra fluff. In my latest episodes, I lay out the blunt facts of what's going on in the District of Columbia, the way the media is misleading the public, and plans that political parties are making. Concise, comprehensible news is what America needs and deserves. I'm here to deliver. Subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. So the FBI has a history now of weaponizing its power to go after people that it doesn't like. And not only have they done that in a variety of contexts, they went after Donald Trump as a candidate specifically with Russia collusion 
even when he became president, and they were basically trying to drive him out of office based on a conspiracy theory. You've seen FBI agents falsify FISA applications to get surveillance on innocent Americans. We're seeing what's happening with this Michigan kidnapping hoax. Mm, true. That's uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. He is not incorrect there. Welcome back to the program. Third hour of our radio show. Your hostess, your lovable curmudgeon, Dana Lash here with you. And find us on Facebook, official Dana Lash, YouTube, Substack, the newsletter, chapter and verse. Like and subscribe. It's always weird to say that, but it is. He's right. Ron DeSantis is correct. And you have every, every, every reason at all to question and criticize. Eddie Scary over at The Federalist had a great piece titled, Nothing is more pro-law and order than attacking the rotten FBI. Now, I always hear the objection that, well, this, you know, a lot of rank and file don't agree. A lot of rank and file could be true. But we've seen so much, I think that we can say that the way that, and, and we can also acknowledge the whistleblowers that have come forward to Chuck Grassley and Jim Jordan. But I think the question is, well, how many? Because there are, I mean, it's a sizable agency. And I, I, I got to tell you, I am more concerned about protecting constitutional rights and civil liberties than I am about maybe perhaps hurting someone's feelings who might feel as though they are included in the condemnation of how the Bureau is run. That's how I feel about it. I'm not going to dress up my speech with head pats and kittens and sunshine and try to walk on eggshells. I don't, this is not about hurting anyone's feelings. We're having grown up discussions. There were people who were saying so much for backing the blue. I think that I, this narrative is so, the left wants some company in the misery of their horrible polling some of which has been, has been brought to them by their positions on defunding the police. Holding, but, but by the way, sidebar on that. If you wanted to defund the police, why would you not be concerned about the, the abuses at the federal level? That's what I don't understand. Because they can do some pretty bad stuff to you, maybe even worse than, you know, you could argue what local and state can do. So just wonder why there isn't a lot of objection to that. That goes to show you the left is so, oh, well, I guess you don't back the blue. The fact that they are not objecting towards the crazy stuff that we have seen coming out of these agencies goes to show you this is not about, they don't care actually about defunding the police. It's not about police and it's not about policing. It's about control. It's about, we want to be able to use these agencies to go after people we dislike. It's not actually about good enforcement. Good job blowing up your entire shtick that easily. You can also, as Kane noted, and I like the way he says it, be pro-police, but be against a police state. I like just the enforcement of, of good constitutional law, good enforcement of constitution, constitutional law. That's it. Don't, don't abridge anyone's rights. That is, I don't back anything blindly. I mean, that goes against the, the actual, our DNA as Americans. It goes against who we are, that animating spirit of liberty. We are a, we are a people that are, naturally suspicious of anyone that has any authority 
That is the nature of the game. That is the United States. Supposed to be the most punk rock place on the planet. And people want to make it out like you're a conspiracy theorist if you acknowledge bad actors. I mean, you have the FBI that raided the home of a former president who has been accused of so many things, even made up and manufactured uh, accusations at the hands of the very FBI that went to raid him. I mean, nobody's, we're, I'm never going to get past the abuses with FISA in 2016 because it established out in the open for the first time that a political party in the, in the United States will actually make up things about you, sell it as stories to the press. And before you can even get on the phone to talk to, you know, a libel lawyer, you're, I mean, you've, you already got people targeting you for criminal investigation because they used all of those stories to try to get you for a surveillance uh, warrant through a FISA court. That's exactly what happened. And not only, and here's the other thing, this is where they knew during the 2016 FISA thing, the FBI knew that what they were doing was wrong because Chris Steele was fired. They were working with him and then they stopped working with him. Later on, they admitted they couldn't verify anything that he had in his dossier. They knew who paid for it. None of this ever came forward to the judge on, a, on the FISA court. So they knew this entire time and they still kept it going. It had nothing to do with investigating what they thought were, was any kind of verifiable information because they couldn't verify it. It was not credible. He was disgraced. He was fired. Christopher Steele. But they kept doing it anyway because it was about settling a political score. This had nothing to do with investigating any kind of supposed Russian involvement. The guy who who was presented to them as a trustworthy resource, the guy that was hired through Fusion GPS, who had been hired by Perkins Coie, the law firm for Hillary Clinton's campaign, he was presented to them as a trust as a trustworthy source, and it turns out he was lying. He, they couldn't verify any of the junk that he had in his stupid dossier, so they, they fired him. And then they kept going. They kept pursuing, even though everything, and the IG, the inspector general, said that the entirety of these surveillance warrants was based on the dossier. That's not me, that's the IG report. It's Horowitz. They kept going anyway. At no time did they stop. And go to the DOJ or the FISA court and say, you know all this stuff that we brought to you? All these things that we were here on, the surveillance warrant, it was actually based on a lie. That never happened. And these, all these people knew it. And they kept going. So don't sit here and tell me it's about law and order. Because those actions are anything but lawful. And they are not of any good order. And the fact that all of these people who get so upset if cops end up, you have an officer-involved shooting against a guy who draws a knife on a cop. Everyone says, defund the police. Oh my gosh, this is so bad. Not a peep about this. And then they want to try to go after anyone, any conservative, libertarian, independent, or Republican who says, that the FBI need to be reordered or some even there have been a couple. I've, I know a couple of people have said defunded. I don't know how you get around the issue of jurisdiction. That's not a question. That's a question for someone like Andy McCarthy. But 
it's not the same thing. Support good enforcement. But there is so much that has happened here. And there are so many instances. And this goes back even further than Trump, I dare say. You have the Department of Justice that's leaking to the New York Times. They're trying to litigate this in the press. If they had anything, you would have known it. Just like with the whole Russia collusion stuff. If they had something, you would have known it. These people for the past six years have been working to try to get this guy, been trying to get Trump or someone close to him on something. The only thing that they've ever been able to achieve are completely unrelated to their entire narrative charges of tax fraud for Paul Manafort and Michael Cohen. That's it. The other guy, tax fraud charge. That was just last week. Literally nothing related to this case. In so much as at Manafort's trial, they couldn't even bring it up because it was so unrelated. That's all they've been able to do. And now you've got this story of potential entrapment. You know, you had this entrapment issue with Whitmer. They tried to do this with Northam, too. In fact, the same guy who was involved in the Whitmer case was trying to do this with the Northam. Trying to, and, and all the, trying to get some militia guys to go along with getting Northam. All the militia guys were like, you're nuts. And they left. It never happened. He had no case. <laughs> Google it. I, it, it. It's amazing. This is not how our republic is supposed to work. If you want to have a discussion about law and order. Law and order doesn't lie to a FISA judge. Law and order does not leak portions of a sealed affidavit to the press, portions it wants to leak without context, to the press in order to litigate this narrative in public without actually having to unseal anything. How nice that they can do that. Because if you or I were to do that with any kind of sealed confidential material, well, you just saw the raid on mar largo didn't you? Isn't that what they were accusing him of? The very damn thing that the DOJ is doing right now, leaking to the press? What a two-tiered system of justice. But wait a minute. We're supposed to be getting lectured about law and order right now, aren't we? I mean, it is wild to see also how the DOJ got so involved. The White House lied, and we knew this. There is... There's no charges that have been brought. Merrick Garland wants his cake and, it, and he wants to have his cake and eat it too. He wants to have, like I said, he wants to fight this out in the public without fighting it out in the public. He's trying to preserve this, this appearance of being this, you know, he's above board. But he's not. The fact that they're, it's leaking like a sieve. It's just how much information has come out in the past 24 hours. The fact that, that, New York Times has a whole piece over it. There were a couple of other entities that had, they ended up having to invalidate it. Everything that, he, that they said that he was supposed to have that was classified actually is now already public knowledge. So, you know, so much for that. It, it, and it's curious, too, why the DOJ, and this is another reason why Merrick Garland doesn't want to have this fight in the public, because then he has to answer questions why they never executed a warrant for Clinton server. She was for four years transmitting and receiving classified material on a private server that was not allowed by law. No one ever raided her. No warrant was ever executed. 
And that went on for four years. Trump hasn't even been out of the White House for a year. He was already working with National Archives. Oh, but they decided to raid him and do this anyway. None of this makes sense. If you want to have a discussion about law and order. I said on Jesse Waters' show last night, I'm real tired of these lawmakers, including some of these politicians on the Republican side who are trying to conflate this and they're taking the bait and being stupid. I suggest that they don't want to get bounced out of their seats. They better watch their P's and Q's too, because it can happen. I mean, I don't think y'all want another Tea Party versus establishment like you had in 2010, but that shellacking won't be on one side. It'll be on you. So you might want to take a little better care. And now, all of the news you would probably miss. It's time for Dana's Quick Five, brought to you by Caltech. All right, so first up, this <laughs> this is funny. Californians said that they would give up five years of life just to keep eating fast food. Well, what about, like, giving up, you know, like the needles and feces all over everywhere? Uh, they said this is a study from Drug Genius. They said the average Californian would surrender five years off their lives to continue eating fast food. Really? 3,222 people were asked this. I mean, yes, it's hypothetical, but for real? If you had five years of your life, you would give up just to eat fast food? That's crazy. Aren't you giving up years of your life by eating fast food? Yeah, probably. But still, you know, it's just weird that, I don't know. The cost of raising a child through the age of 17 has now spiked to more than $310,000 from the Brookings Institution. The organization ran the numbers for the Wall Street Journal, and they said for a married middle-income family, it's $310,605 to raise one kid. That works out. Thanks, inflation. That works out to an average of more than $18,000 per year, and it's about a 9% increase from the year before. I would like to see the factors. I bet I could shave costs off that. I'd like to see the fact. I would like to see some of the details, sir. I don't know. I could get it down pretty. I, a lot of people think they need stuff that they actually don't need, and then they do stuff that they could do more cheaply. So, uh, Also, this is so ridiculous. This is over in Florida. A chief administrator, it's a private Christian school, right? And they started getting death threats because they said... That every, the students and family have to, they have to identify by their biological sex and they don't do same sex anything. And if you're promoting it within the school, then you got to leave. Well, because it's a, it's a private Christian school. They can do what they want. Hey, you wanted Disney, Disney to do what they wanted. You said they were a private business. This is a private school. Mind y'all's business. Leave them alone. We got more to come. Don't go anywhere because uh, John Fetterman misses leg day. That's a story. Dana gives you the meat and potatoes news of the day. None of that tofu news. More like bacon with a side of hash browns news. The news you want, the way you want it. The Dana Show. In 1973, Jane Roe, of course, a Texas woman, as were her two attorneys, Sarah Weddington and Linda Coffey, who successfully prevailed upon an all-male United States Supreme Court to win protection for that right to privacy to make these very personal and sometimes painful decisions. The women of Texas won that right 50 years ago. The women of Texas will win it back in 2020. Oh my gosh, I'm so tired of this this pandering. That's the Irishman who appropriates Hispanic culture. That's Robert O'Rourke, who's talking about uh, the whole Jane Roe, the Roe v. Wade. By the way, Jane Roe actually went and said that she had been like coached to say this stuff, and she ended up changing her mind. And I noticed that he was very sexist in omitting the 
opinion of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who said that the premise of the whole decision for this that was that hinged on privacy was actually uh, logically uh, unsound. And thus, at some point, because of the weak nature of the argument that that how horribly it was constructed, uh, it was going to be at some point overturned. She warned about this. But I noticed that Robert O'Rourke and all his sexistness decided to omit that Supreme Court justice and her very important opinion on this matter so that he could keep it to an all male uh, reference and he could pander further to women. Gosh, I don't have enough middle fingers. Welcome back to the program. Dana Lash here with you. In our in the middle of our third hour, that is, you know what this what that soundbite and the stuff that I hear uh, Robert O'Rourke, Robert Beto O'Rourke, say that's one of the reasons why when I was in college and I think I fully became a conservative at age twenty one. That's when I. That's one of the reasons why I started. That those were the cracks in my relationship with the left because my whole family is Democrat. I was raised Democrat. Whole family, whole fam damnly was Democrat. I didn't even meet a Republican until I went to college. Never met a conservative or a Republican. No joke until I went to college. Not kidding. I was in, everyone's like, you went to school and got brainwashed. I'm like, no, I actually went and I met other people. If you want to have a discussion about brainwash, let's talk about keeping you in this Tupperware fresh environment where you're only exposed to the same things day in and day out. That pandering, I always found so distasteful. It speaks to the lowest common denominator of what progressives think women care about. And it always had to do with abortion as birth control on demand by the taxpayer. Because you've always had protections for the health of the mother, etc. And women who had health issues were working with their doctors. They weren't going to some rando at Planned Parenthood. So much ignorance in these arguments, and it's on purpose because they want to play on their perception of other people's ignorance. I just find, I find that so inherently sexist, his whole approach just there. I don't need some guy who's never worked in the private sector and lives off his wife's family to sit here and lecture all of us about what women will or won't do. This is a guy who had to go on the road after he lost, I don't know what election was it, to go and quote, find himself, and he recorded all of these vlogs and left, I guess, his wife to handle the kids. Who always had Judge Daddy handle every issue? I mean, when you emasculate yourself, do you really get to lecture women about what women want and what women are going to do, et cetera, et cetera, especially through their guise of your progressive patriarchal ridiculousness? It's just, it's, I can't stand it. He is, I, I, I don't know. I, I think, honestly, I think women really screwed themselves with the feminist thing because you end up getting like these types of guys. I don't know any, it's just, it's cringe. Not attractive in any way. Horrible policies. You sound like a moron. It looks like you're a failure to launch. I'm not being mean. I'm telling you what this, the, uh, how so many people in this country think, especially women on this issue. And I've been watching a couple of, I, 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 I'm going to get to this John Fetterman stuff, but I've been watching a couple fights play out. There was this fight that played out involving Dave Portnoy who ended up selling Barstool. I don't know. I don't get into all this stuff because I, I feel like so much of it's contrived. I feel like a lot of the, look how tough I am. I'm super macho, et cetera, et cetera. I feel like a lot of it's contrived. I'm like, if you have to tell people you're tough, you're not. If you have to tell people what a man you are, you're not. If you have to sit here and try to prove your macho-ness every single day, then you're not. 
You know, you just, if you are those things, then you are. And people notice it without you having to proclaim it every single time you walk into a room. And there was a good point, and I'm trying to, re- I, I, wanted, I wanted to make sure I got the attribution correct. Actually, I think I just ended up seeing it on Twitter. I don't actually think it was like, it wasn't a written piece. But someone was saying, and what made me think of this, <clears throat> excuse me, was how, you know, I mentioned O'Rourke was kind of the product of second and third wave feminism in a way, particularly third wave. And I think that guys like uh, like Portnoy and they had this other guy who I don't even know who this guy is. Apparently, I don't do TikTok famous because I don't I don't sit here and talk about how much I dislike the CCP and then get on their app. OK. But it was this guy who apparently has made his name on trying to seem tough, but it's built on he, he comes across as like a chauvinist, but he tries to seem tough and he tries to appeal to like aspects of the right or something to that nature. Anyway, there was like a big O debate and a big O fight and all this stuff was happening. I didn't, But I do think that there's something to be said about the other side of the coin where you have the beta or works. And then I think that you have people you know, in some respects, like Portnoy, who talk a really good game about, you know, I want to stick up to the wokery, but yet I'm going to take advantage of it at the same time by being, you know, pro-choice and saying all the things that, you know, the, the taxpayer-funded abortion on demand, et cetera, et cetera. It just seems a bit like, you know, you're trying to have it both ways, right? At least in my perspective. Now, I got to get to this. Uh, we got got a couple of other things here. I wish we had a whole other hour because... We could we could definitely do deep dives on a number of things for a whole other hour. Uh, there is I wanted to touch on this thing with Uvalde. Families of the elementary school, the victims are filing a twenty seven billion dollar class action lawsuit against law enforcement and Daniel Defense, the manufacturers of the rifle, one of the the rifles that was used them in Oasis Outback, where they where they where the rifle was purchased. And they're still apparently drafting the suit, and it's expected to be filed in September when the investigation is fully complete. Now, that's a $27 million lawsuit. I think I, I, I don't know how you're I don't know how you can you can stage a suit against Daniel Defense and Oasis Outback as though they were somehow supposed to know what the family and community knew about this guy. They didn't know this killer, but the family and community members knew about this killer. I mean, you drive around and you shoot people with a BB gun. I mean, that's bound to, you know, kind of not be forgotten, right? But going after Daniel Defense, going after manufacturers, they made a product and it was used in an illegal fashion, not for the purpose for which it was made. So are we going to open the door to now suing Ford if one of their vehicles is involved in an accident? What about the the SUV that was driven by a guy who plowed into a parade last Christmas? Are we going to sue the manufacturer of that SUV? Nobody's, I, I mean, everyone wants to talk about, it's, they, they said it's being filed against anybody who can be held responsible for what happened. I don't think you can hold a manufacturer responsible like this. It's not like Daniel Defense made ads going out there and saying, oh, hey, this is what you can do if you don't like people and you want to get, I mean, that's not, I know a lot of people are trying to go after the advertising portion of it, 
but that's not how they don't they're not even advertised and i really doubt that people like this murderer or when you look at who drives crime or the gangbangers or drug dealers who are driving recidivism and driving violent crime rate i seriously doubt they're reading outdoor magazine and they're you know looking at uh, outdoor channel and they're and they're getting hunting magazines and and looking at pictures of uh you know fishing gear and hunting rifles seriously doubt that's what's happening those are the only places where any kind of ads are and they're always i mean when they when they it's it's i just don't see how this this is not this stuff gets dangerous even more so towards rights as a total and also how these things are going to be interpreted if somebody stabs you with a knife are you going to sue the manufacturer of that knife i think it's a legitimate question and then how far is it going to go if anyone is if anyone can prove injury in court of law be it to reputation be it to you know whatever or you know physical self are we now going to go after the manufacturers of whatever contributed or whatever played a part, no matter if it was done illegally or if their contribution was illegally done? I mean, Daniel, Def- that's just that's just nuts. They said it's being filed against anybody who could be held responsible for what happened. What about the family? And the people who knew how this killer was and did nothing. I mean, I think I think I would start there. Everyone wonders why do these why does it keep happening? Because the people who look the other way are always given a pass. Isn't it amazing how you have the anti-gun lobby that wants to hold everyone accountable, even though you have? I mean, you look, you've got liability uh, laws and and things like that in states, but they never ever mentioned the families who were aware and saw all of the warning signs from these individuals and did nothing. You want to know how it keeps happening? Because people do nothing and everybody looks the other way and people continue to do nothing. Politicians don't take, they run out there and they, they run their mouths about the quote unquote gun lobby, which I don't even know what that is, et cetera, et cetera. But they don't ever talk about what can be done in order to make people aware of the legal remedies that they have in order to make sure no one can make a legal purchase. It's not a sincere fight from the politicians for sure not at all now a couple of other things ford is eliminating three thousand jobs in an effort to cut costs this is a new headline coming in from cnbc the because inflation good job biden they're eliminating about 3,000 jobs from their global workforce, the majority of which are in North America. They said the cuts are going to include 2,000 salaried positions, 1,000 agency jobs in the U.S. and Canada and India. Ford Chair Bill Ford and CEO Jim Farley said in an email to employees obtained by CNBC. 3,000 jobs from their global workforce. And these are in the United States, Canada and India. So, we're, I wonder how that's going to look when they do the new BLS numbers. I'm just curious when those come in. Listen to The Dana Show live on the Odyssey app. Weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. I never once said, never, that the gun went off in my hand automatically. I always said I pulled the hammer back 
and I pulled it back as far as I could. I never took a gun and pointed at somebody and clicked the thing. Dude, that's not how that works. That's uh, Alec Baldwin, who was saying that, oh, and I never, in the Helena Hutchins killing, oh, I never uh, pulled it back and did this. I never did. It didn't fire magically. And besides, the the forensic report, the investigation that was done into it concluded that, yeah, you did. I mean, you can try to say and act like everybody's stupid, but you did. He's got, I just can't believe he's doing this, that he's just out here running his mouth like this. I mean, he really believes that he, that his celebrity gives him an immunity. I, I it, it is a, a case study of the actual, like a celebrity justice, another two-tier system. Now that's. Mm-mm-mm. I he does deserve to be charged. I don't think he intended to. I don't think he it was like he murdered her on purpose. I don't think that he intended to do what he did. But it was he's the executive producer. He's responsible for hiring the armor. He was responsible for the way that set runs, and he did not take that responsibility seriously. Apparently, because it resulted in a fatality by his hand. He shot a woman, and then he tried to really doctor up his his image in the days after. Made sure to leak the photos, made sure to get paparazzi getting snaps of him, apparently, when he was with the, with the widow, her widow, and now the, now the husband's suing him. I, I, it's, I just, it's sickening to see this. But I think he should be. I think it's manslaughter, at least. Reckless, uh, or, 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 or however they want to charge it. Not murder, but an, he did unintentionally cause her death. Now, one last quick thing. There's a study or a story out. A whistleblower is claiming that Twitter executives are coming covering up their deficient security, and it's a risk, you know, to the to it's like a national security risk. And they're saying there's a former head of security that worked at Twitter that said that Musk's claim that the firm doesn't know how many bots exist that it is that it is he says that it is correct. I just want to caution. It reminded me of the story of the <clears throat> excuse me the the woman with Facebook. Remember, it was the whistleblower and then they ended up working with like the government and all of this and they were trying to state this as a way to demand government regulation. And that's why I just am really, 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 I just am always suspicious, always ask questions, always there's no harm in having patience and waiting and seeing. All right. And with that, today's stupidity came. All right. It is Robert Francis O'Rourke. Uh, he's out there. It's hilarious hearing him talk about the border, which Democrat policies, by the way, to date, since Biden took office, mm-hmm. five million illegal crossings. Oh, look at That's that. crazy. But yeah. here he is on uh, on immigration. Solutions. Um, we've had years of stunts. Greg Abbott's been governor for more than seven years. And this is where we find ourselves now, busing migrants to New York or D.C., involuntarily activating 10,000 members of the Guard Involuntarily acting. What the heck does that even mean? Does he even know words? He has no clue. He tries to like. Is he trying to sound smart? That doesn't even make any sense. Stop it, Robert. Thanks. Just stop it. Yeah. Good heavens, folks. That does it for us tonight. Sign up for the newsletter over at Substack, chapter and verse, and also catch us over on Facebook on Official Dana Lash. And you can find all of the excerpts, all different kinds of clips, etc., of the simulcast of the radio show on YouTube. Like and subscribe. Have a great night. Back with you tomorrow. 